I geek out about particle physics. I geek out about books. I geek out about whales. Hi, and welcome to She Geeks Out, a podcast where we geek out about all the things. I'm Rachel. And I'm Felicia. Hi, Felicia. Hi, Rachel. How you doing? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually good. I'm just tired, yeah. which I know you are too. Yeah, we're tired, but that's yeah. all right. We'll, that's good. we'll figure it out. Um, and before we get too too deep into this, we're trying to be better about telling you who you're going to listen to, lovely listeners, who you're going to listen to. We we know that you come here just to listen to us <laughs> shoot the oh shit. My God, I hope not. However. Should that uh, not be true? It's funny. We're going to yes. let you know. Yes, and sometimes you don't want to read the show notes. They're boring. <laughs> um, so we today, we're so I'm so excited. It's Cheryl Poro. She's a senior VP of technology and products at salesforce.org. She's awesome, and she's someone that um, I've known for a few years um, because my husband works for – now he works for Salesforce dot com. He's gone to the dark side. But uh, before that, he was at dot org. And he's been doing like nonprofit technology stuff for ages. And so yeah, so we got to talk with her because she's frankly, a super badass. Yeah, very, very cool. Mm -hmm. What I loved meeting her was I had never met her before. And basically, it was like old friends. And she's lovely and super warm. And she's so supportive of women and all the things that we're doing. Yeah, so. empowering women, getting yes. women into leadership yes. and all that good stuff. Yes. Um, so you will be highly entertained and enlightened and educated by her. Correct. But before we get into that. But bef yes, before <laughs> that happens. I mean, you can fast forward. That's totally fine. And you should probably fast forward, like, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes. No, my God, we are not <laughs> going to talk for 10 minutes. We're going to talk to her for like five, maybe. Because I don't know. I mean, like, do you want to start? If you got stuff to say... I well, I mean, I, sure. What do you geek out about? I feel like the challenge you, accepted. Yeah. What are you geeking out about? Well, I was this telling week? you before. Um, so I feel like I've just been working a lot lately. So it's been harder and harder for me to come up with things that I'm geeking out about. Um, but uh, two things. So the first is, and this is gonna be like a throwback, but <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I'll, I'll do three quick things. So oh my the, god, three might take. 10 I know. Minutes. I came up with this. Um, this is how I roll. Don't Very use them all up. No, it's all. It's timely. <laughs> So, okay. <laughs> so the first is that I am training for half marathon. Yeah. And so by Memorial Day weekend, I will have hopefully run and finished this half marathon. And I'm really excited to not run anymore <laughs> once that is done. So that's kind of a geeking out that's about funny. thing. Um, the second thing, which is the throwback, is that I am just so obsessed with my cat, Jean-Luc Piquet, because he's just like the best cat ever. And I was telling you earlier today, so he sleeps with me on my bed sometimes, and um, he's lately come back and been sleeping on my bed because he likes the, the fresh breeze through the window. And um, normally in the morning, I wake up and, you know, he gets up and does his thing. And then he moves to either the window or his couch seat. So this morning, I woke up, went for a run, because that's what I do now, which is gross. And I came back and I walked into my room and he gave me this look and he was on my bed sleeping and he gave me this shocked look like I had walked in on him doing something dirty. <laughs> maybe, it was, maybe you're reading into it. I think you're reading into it. I'll show you the photographic proof later. Okay. Because I took a photo because I was like, this is so funny. He's just like, excuse me. I think you should me. pull it up. I'm, um, I'm going to judge in real time. Okay, I'll pull it up. It's on my Instagram story okay. actually. So, which leads to my third thing that I was going to talk about. Um, so... 
Oh yeah, no, he totally looks like. What are you doing here? Yeah. It's because he turned. It's because he turned his. Because he turned head. his head. He's like, excuse me. I know. He's like, and it's but maybe he's like, picture. look but how maybe cute he's like, he is. Oh, maybe he's it's like, oh, you're back. I'm so excited. <laughs> I didn't even and know. Well, see, I would have thought that would be the case because then he would have jumped off and been like, great, let's, let's, let's give me some cuddle. treats. Let's cuddle. But no, he he was like, go away. I'm sleeping. <laughs> Um, so that leads me to the third thing and just, I love him so much. Anyway, um, <laughs> the third thing is, so I brought this up a couple weeks ago on an episode and I don't remember when or how, but I had gotten this weird, um, direct message from somebody on my Instagram asking me to be a foot model. Yes. <laughs> and I ended up blocking them because super creepy, right? Then, so what happened was a couple days ago, I went in and I saw there was a message request again from a different account and again saying, hi, what's your shoe size? It's for a paid photo shoot, non-nude. And then after I didn't respond for a couple hours, $75 an hour. So I don't know. What do you think? Should I I be a foot model? I feel like that's pretty good money to non-nude modeling. What I want to know is why, is it because you post on Instagram like your feet? No. So the backstory is that I'm a single dating lady and I made a Tinder account and um, someone saw me on Tinder. My Instagram is connected and found my Instagram and sent me a direct message. But I'm saying, is it because did they see your feet? No. Like on Instagram, don't you no. take pictures of your Rothies sometimes? Uh, in my yeah, sneakers. Yeah, in your shoes or in your shoes. In yeah. my sneakers. So I do like a it's running shot. It's non-nude. Maybe they, maybe they liked the size of your foot. <laughs> they don't know did what they the give size you? of my foot is. That's what he's asking me. Oh, right. They don't know the actual size. <laughs> Wait, so what? What's, did he give, leave an email address? No, Rachel, literally, this is the uh, this is the Instagram account. It's different than the one oh. I blocked. And I clicked on the website link and it's broken. So oh. it's a super sketch situation. It, for the listeners, it is a private account with okay. a picture that is not of a person. They follow like 100 people. They have very few posts and want to know what my shoe size is and they want to pay me. No. But I'm like, I don't know. I'm looking at this and I say Foot no. modeling. <laughs> Maybe no. that'll be my new career. Once no. she geeks out, you know, takes off, I'll make some <laughs> 75 I'll, 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 sweet, uh, sweet foot I'll model pivot. money pivot oh my, my career journey you are not you're gonna do that i'll be virtual assistant i mean my feet are okay they're not that great oh my god i can't with you that's so crazy i say no i say hard pass right now i do that's my that's my that's my opinion if you want it that's it i mean i i don't also i need your full 100 percent focus on the business I can't have you distracted Are you going to pay me $75? With, yes, sure. I will pay you $75 to stay in full time working on this and not get distracted with being a foot model. But I could be like the hand model. I was exactly the- thinking of Zoolander. I was exactly I David, David Duchovny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. This is taking 10 minutes. All right. I'm not even going to go. I feel like I have nothing to No, what to are add. you thinking out about? I'm sorry. I just no, I, I apologize. was struck by inspiration. I don't I have anything. I'm just, I, I mean, I love my cats well, you're, too. Well, you're going to London and Iceland. I am. So by the time this comes out, I will have been back, um, but just for a few days. But what I'm is the fun thing that you're looking forward to doing in either city or, both, or either place? Yeah, I am very looking forward to sitting in hot water um, mm-hmm. in Iceland. That's like, there's the Blue Lagoon and then there's all the thermal baths. And basically that's what I want to do the whole time, especially because I injured my back this morning. Pro tip for those who are listening, do not get up in the morning, not drink anything, and then lift heavy weights. 
because you will hurt yourself. You have to be hydrated. I even warmed up. So it's not like I didn't warm up. I warmed up. I wore my core. I did all the things, which probably made it so that I'm not like totally screwed. But like, man, I knew as I was doing, I was like, Rachel, you need to drink a glass of water before you do this. And maybe you just shouldn't even do deadlifts in the morning at all. I was going to say, maybe you should just not do that. Yeah. Because this has happened before. I know. And it's always in the morning. I'm fine at the end of the day. But when my body's a little bit more ready for it. But yeah, this is, and it always happens when I get up early to do it. Which is the worst, right? You're like, this is the universe punishing me for getting up for early because I be don't have a lot this. of time, and I'm just like, I really need to get this in, yeah. and then I was really upset about it. Aww. But on the bright side, I also have two very cute cats, and they were very snuggly, and so that's really go. nice. So, so you should tonight chill, take it easy, yeah, take some medication because you need to make your back relax. Well, the thing about back pain is just we've talked about this before because you have had back pain too. Is it makes you feel old. Oh, hundred percent. Because it's, the thing with backs, like, I think the two things for me is like feet and back. When you injure one or both, it makes you realize how important those things are yes. for the rest of your body. Because yeah. you basically cannot do anything without yes. those parts yeah. of your body involved. And back is just hard because it tenses up so much. So that's why I was saying like chill out. Get a cat on the back, get a cat on the front, <laughs> get that body heat going. Oh my god, so relax funny. it, chill, have a glass of wine, oh my god. watch some superhero shows. I don't know. Flash, <laughs> supergirl. God, so funny. No, that's very helpful. I will do that. And um, yeah, and I think that's that's all I've got. All right, so let's take it over to Cheryl then. Yes. All right. We are live. <gasps> we are great. Yes, while we're recording. Very excited. <laughs> So we're we're live to us, not to anyone who's <laughs> actually listening to this. Hi, Felicia. Hi, Rachel. And hi, Cheryl. Hi. Hi, Cheryl. It's great to have you here. Yeah, thank you for welcoming us to your lovely office. Yeah. It's great to have you here. Yeah. Thank you. Yay. Yeah. So, yay, yay, yay. Cheryl, you're the Senior VP of Technology and Products at Salesforce.org. So that's exciting. <laughs> every day. It's exciting every day. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so, and we know each other because um, we go way back. Yes, we do. Um, Actually, I don't know how you two know each other. Well, my lovely husband, Mark Baseman, worked for Salesforce.org until he decided to join the dark com. I wasn't going to say it. I, I wasn't going to say it. I, I have no affiliation with Salesforce. <laughs> so you so can I say feel it. free Thank with you. saying that. <laughs> the dark side. And Cheryl, you were at dot com and made the switch to dot org. To uh, the a while side. ago to the light side. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. So I would love to just start by hearing about how you got to where you are today and share some of your your journey. Um, and from what do you actually work on today? Yeah. Perfect. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, so, and I, I've told this story many times, so I'm going to keep it short so we know sort of <laughs> well, rehash. Our listeners have probably not heard this Rehash. Yeah. That is true. Yes. That is true. Uh, so I started off life as a chemical engineer, well, adult life as a chemical engineer. Mm. And um, the reason I got into chemical engineering was because as a high school student who was kind of finding her way, I just really enjoyed chemistry. I was good at it. I got a lot of personal satisfaction from being good at it. It was the first thing I was good at. And I just sort of clung to this idea of chemistry, but knew I didn't want to be, you know, uh, sort of in school forever. Like I didn't see myself doing that. So chemical engineering seemed like a good middle of the road where I could still do chemistry, but you know, only have to get a bachelor's and be able to get a job. Like that was my goal. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Not yeah. all of us are cut out for ten plus years, and yeah, in that is exactly after true. after high school. Yes. And, <laughs> and it's efficient. 
It is efficient. And then, you know, at the time, so I came from an immigrant family. My mom had immigrated from Portugal when she was about 14. Mm -hmm. And I worked from the point of starting at about 14. So I worked at the hair salon that she worked at. So, oh. yeah, after school, I was a shampoo girl. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. We I actually, don't tell this we story, had a guest by the way. recently <laughs> who also worked in a salon after. What? Um, Lauren. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about it. It was nails, but there was it a was nails. in there, too. It was nails. Yeah. But so, what was that like, shampooing strangers' hair in the <laughs> afternoon, <laughs> after school? As a I think that's the question that you go to. Yep. That's my question. It was. Because I think yes. it's weird. I feel bad when people massage my head. Yeah, it was weird. And I have a lot of weird stories. Which I don't want to kind of share get. one. Can you share one? I would love to share one story. Well, okay. So I, my cousin, always also worked at the hair salon because even though you know it wasn't a family-run business, my mom worked there, my aunt worked there, another aunt worked there. So there was just a lot of the family that was there, and then myself and my cousin were shampoo girls. And so one of the like sort of more awkward things we had to do was, <laughs> um, like. Like shampoo the toupee. <laughs> no, are you kidding? Me? Shampoo the head. Get out of here. No, seriously. Separately, you separately. shampoo the bald head. Yeah, yeah. Why? So we would remove the toupee and set it aside. <laughs> I have so you, many questions. We would then. Well, there was usually some hair that would need some washing, right. and then there was also some sticky substance oh, which we had to kind of oh, massage disgusting. off. Can yes. I can I break in and ask you a real quick question? So with these toupee situations, was it like an unspoken thing where you were like, we're all just going to pretend that this is all cool and normal? Or you were like, hey, we're going to take your toupee off now? It was an unspoken thing. We're going to pretend that this is all like cool Like everyone's and hair just comes off. And yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's like all very right. cool about it. But all imagine right. I'm 14, I'm 15, <laughs> and this is sort of what's happening. And then, but then you were left to your own devices alone with the toupee as the individual is off getting their hair cut. And there were there were definitely some giggles and some other things that would transpire, given we were you know, 14 <laughs> years old. You so obviously that was just put it on example. your head. You no, obviously no, it's we clean. Did that now because they just shampooed well, it. I was yeah, that's true. You'd clean, yeah, you'd have to clean it both times. You'd have to clean yes, it twice if yes. you put it on your head. To see what it was like to wear a toupee. But it was this sort of like uh, it was like a spa salon. So one of the things we also did were essential oils head massages. Oh, I mean, that sounds great. I'll be honest. It's not a bad skill to have, and trust me, like there's nothing I enjoy more than a good sort of head massage or shampoo at the hair salon. It's Still to, to this day, I absolutely adore hair salons and love hanging out in them. So that's nice, actually. Yeah. 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 Oh, so that was right. your your start in the working world. Yes, but then, and then what but then, happened? Yeah, what US. happened after that? So so hair, <laughs> so, chemistry, yeah, and yeah. What? And interestingly enough, I got a, my first job out of school at um, at a paper mill. So I was sort of doing my thing at the paper mill, uh, but not very happy. It was in upstate New York. It wasn't really exciting. What were you doing there? I was a process engineer. So they were actually, because I was a new hire out of college, we did stints in different parts of the mill. Oh, that makes sense. Which yeah. was very cool. So I spent um, a stint and in the recycling plant. So we recycled um, paper and incorporated about 10% of recycled you know, paper into uh, the line. And so one of the things, this is actually kind of fun. It was a fun part of the job. So one of the things I did was this study of um, understanding sort of how much uh, parts per million of ink and other things were kind of coming in uh, as the recycled pulp content. And then how, what, you know, 
what the content was sort of parts per million throughout the the process of the paper, like the paper making process. Mm-hmm. So I would go and get samples from all the different parts of the process and then bring them to the lab and then they would do all the measurement in the lab. That was like a union space. So I wouldn't do that. And then I would get the data. And at the time, at the time it was like early 90s. So I would actually um, put all that data in Excel and I ma- I created this kind of visual thing in Excel that had like a diagram of the system and what all the data points were on average at the various points. And then I had to write a memo in like mm-hmm. a Word doc. And then you fax it? I had no, I printed them out. <laughs> I printed them put out. Them in and, inbox. and I put them in inboxes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> and I would just go feed the inbox with my That's my right. little report. But the other cool part was one of the samples I had to get was literally like four levels deep into the bowels of this paper mill. And there were like no other human beings down there. It's just stuff dripping from the ceilings, like all this equipment, big dark pits of like water. <laughs> Definitely God. creatures living in there. Super, oh, yes, absolutely, like frightening. And one day I'm down there and I'm trying to kind of open up this valve to get a sample and I'm tugging, I'm tugging and I finally get it open and just like, paper pulp just shoots all over me. Like I'm literally <laughs> just covered in like stinky pulp. I'm, and you're like, well, yeah. I guess I got my sample now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I, what's the visual in my brain is Ghostbusters mm-hmm. <laughs> and you you just got slimed. Yes. Basically. Absolutely yeah. slimed. got slimed. Paper slimed. Absolutely. That's amazing. So you didn't want to stay in that industry? Didn't want to stay in that industry. <laughs> can't imagine didn't why. Didn't want to stay. <laughs> so I did a stint also in the um, – in the other end of the system, which was in the wastewater treatment plant. Hmm. And I found uh, I found that sort of space interesting. It was, it's a very different kind of atmosphere. So I had spent some time, you know, kind of like, quote unquote, on the line. And it's pretty intense on the line, right? Because you know, you'll have breakages and like loss of uh, production and other things. So there's a lot of intensity around that. And the people there were very like intense and gruff and, you know, all of those things. Yeah. Now in the paper mill, there's something about it. I mean, not in the paper mill, I'm sorry, in the uh, in the waste treatment plant. There's something about it that's very, like, you have to be very zen because basically the waste comes to you, right? Huh. And there's <laughs> nothing you can do about it. Like it's just going to come. You're like, this is the end of the line. It's the literally. end of the line, right? <laughs> and you have to kind of deal with it and treat it. So I would go down into the, once I was assigned to the waste treatment plant, I would just hang out. And there were the like most interest, interesting human beings, mm. like these kind of mostly older gentlemen. There was one woman that worked there um, and they were very philosophical and, you know, just they would kind of sit there and like tweak knobs and look at things. And, you know, every hour they had to go do their little trip around and take samples of things. But for the most part, there's a lot of downtime. Mm -hmm. So there was just like really intense, you know, philosophical conversations, political (gasps) conversations. Wow. And I actually kind of enjoyed it. And we were drinking a lot of coffee. Sounds great, honestly. I would not have expected that. No. But. No, I know. You wouldn't. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. And then after that, I was assigned to the power plant, and I did not like the power plant because huh. it was, like, intense beyond, you know, it was very, very intense and very loud. What were you so. – like, why, why was it so much more intense, intense than the waste <laughs> treatment? 
<laughs> oh gosh, the, they generated power hi, like through uh, uh, it was a river. We were along a river, so it was all hydraulics oh. and you know uh, turbines and water coming in, and it was just loud. Oh yeah, and I think there was something about that okay. that created this sort of energy level of okay. it being like I'm uh, just like I'm I'm picturing like everyone yelling at the power plant yes. and at the wastewater plant it's like everyone like the just like like dripping that's like very calm yes, and, and like yoga like, like a zen garden exactly <laughs> with one of those the, fountains yeah <laughs> that was exactly it oh it that's lovely. funny so how did you get into tech how did you get so, to so yeah 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 so we're, we're getting closer and closer we're getting no, closer. I know. <laughs> yeah. how did it happen yeah so I like I said I wasn't all that happy being in upstate New York. I also, and I have a hard time admitting this as a sort of, you know, feminist and a woman, but uh, I had a boyfriend I met in college and he was getting his master's in at UC Boulder. Oh, so okay. while I was working at my first job as a process engineer, chemical engineer, he was getting his master's in civil engineering at UC Boulder. Mm -hmm. And essentially between it not being awesome at the paper mill and you know, having this sort of long distance distance relationship, I made the decision to quit and move to Colorado. Um, so I mean, I listen, mean, people have moved for far worse. Reasons. Yes, yeah. I don't. And we actually had uh, a guest on. Do you remember Emily Green? Yes. Her entire <laughs> like she started in the eighties. She was like a computer science major and or got her I think master's mm -hmm. in it. And it was so much about like I had a boyfriend at the time and that was a thing. And, so yeah. well, she okay. was just funny. She kept saying and. I had another boyfriend and yeah. then I moved with him and then I had another one and I she's know. like but then that didn't last I know. but she had this amazing career exactly. so there you go <laughs> exactly whatever sort of sparks the journey exactly right? yeah. that's all it's all good yes so and that there then began my career as a barista uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm loving this career journey so far. <laughs> My career as a barista. Uh, I was I was uh, in a, like quite a good barista. I was, you know, I was, awesome. I was good at the job. Yeah. I actually am very passionate about coffee. Yeah. So coffee has been a part of my life since I, I've told this story sometimes. Um, my grandmother, who's like very Portuguese, put it in our bottle. Like put coffee in our bottle oh with a lot God. of milk and sugar. But yes, so why? I why you would think no. you would go with alcohol instead don't of you want there babies was that to sleep? Too. Okay. We got the alcohol too. <laughs> don't you ah. want them to go to sleep? I know. They're like I can imagine like you as a little baby buzzed all night yeah. long. Yeah. Like, ah, why can't she get to sleep? I have no I idea. Know. Give her some more of this concoction. <laughs> yeah. oh I know, I don't know. So I know. And so, you know, the morning coffee and the afternoon tea has been a part of my existence <laughs> since I can really remember. That's so funny. So it was fun. And and, you know, I worked at this place. I worked at a few places um, in the coffee world. And, 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 and there's a lot to it, right? So I learned how to do cupping. I learned about roasting. You know, I, I learned how to make a great latte and a great cappuccino. Can you do pretty designs? I, I never like there wasn't that's, the design thing they, happening. That's although more recent, yes, it yeah. is more recent. And Can I just share really quickly this morning. So I had a not so great morning, and Rachel was like, "Let me get you a coffee," and I was like, "Great, thank you so much." So I ordered a latte, and apparently they were like, "We're going to remake this latte because the design did not come out well." It's true. And Rachel, knowing me so so well, was like, "She does not care. She just wants the caffeine." Yeah, I was like, "Does this have caffeine in it?" They said yes. I was like, "Great, this will do the job." Anyway, wow. Yeah. So no, that's coffee a little, is more see, important than design. Yeah, I'm with yes. you on that one. I mean, yeah. I appreciate the effort. But it was it was yeah. a nice thought. Yes. It's just going to go down my down my exactly. throat anyway. Yeah. Exactly. So. 
so yeah, did a little bit of a stint as a barista, which was uh, which was great. I, it, at that time, we were in kind of a recession. It was really hard to find a job. So I was trying and I couldn't find a job in my field. Um, so, you know, it, it was what it was. So I was a barista for about a year, year and a half. Uh, and then you know, he sort of graduated. And at that time, uh, he was in a band and there was like this whole group of people of bandmates um, that were all going to move together. So Mm. bandmates, girlfriends, like the whole bit. And we were basically looking at all the West Coast cities at the time. Uh, We had visited a lot of them on tour. I had visited San Francisco before in in high school and really fell in love with the city and knew I kind of wanted to be here. So I was like all in for SF. But, you know, there was Portland was in the mix, Seattle, San Diego, L.A., we all ended up in uh, San Francisco. So I got out here, again, started uh, my first jobs were as a barista. I actually made it up to shift lead at Starbucks, which was kind of cool. Hey. Yeah. So if I had stuck with it, I could definitely, you know, be like a regional vi- vice president or something at mm-hmm. Starbucks, I don't doubt. Um, and what I love about that company, though, in all honesty, is I knew people who went that route and oh, like, cool. build, like built like great careers. It's actually really great. And I I love Starbucks, the company, and I love what they do as a, as a yes. customer. I love the what they stand for and all of the things that they do. They really seem to care about their employees. And they are also about efficiency, which I appreciate yes. also, which not all coffee places are. Absolutely. So, anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> plug plug for that. But mm-hmm. definitely on the the way they care for their employees and make yes. opportunity and help with education and all that, I yes. think is great. Uh, so, but at the time I was looking for a job and sort of just out there going to job fairs and the whole bit. And I ended up getting a job in chemical engineering mm. doing silicon chip manufacturing waste treatment. Oh, cool. Which was pretty glamorous stuff. No, but that's interesting. Like, that's a thing that needs to happen. It is a thing that needs to happen. Yeah. I don't know if they're manufacturing anymore mm. um, here in Silicon Valley. Mm. But at the time, and it was like the mid-90s, you know, there was advanced micro devices. There was uh, silicon graphics. There mm. were others. So I worked for a company called Wastewater Treatment Systems. and Back to the wastewater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So there's a running theme, and there's in in what's going to be interesting is I'm going to tie this to my my the beginnings of my career in technology, oh my um, which yeah, wait for it, wait for <laughs> it. Uh, but there was uh, so it was exciting in that for the first like three to six months, I got to do um, installation of systems. And so they wanted me to get sort of field practical experience before I started quoting and building, you know, well, not building, but like designing. Uh, systems for, you know, in the sales process. So it was kind of like a sales engineer, applications Mm. engineer, what I was doing. But the three to six months, I forget how much time it was I was spending out in the field was really interesting because here I am, I'm a woman, I'm like in my 20s. I also was still kind of punk, although I would try to hide it. Like I had short spiky hair that was pink leopard print. Really? Yeah. So good. Could you have pictures? No. Sadly. I'm so sorry. No, I think that's hilarious. I can totally relate to that. (laughs) I have no pictures from back in the day either. That's so so sad. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry about that. Oh, it's fine. Um, I have some pictures from back in the day, just not that particular phase. So I had um, like temporary moose that I would put in my hair (laughs) before I went to work that would kind of even it out. Um, and eventually I just went a solid color, but it was just in the first few months I was still, um, you know, I was still kind of like holding on to my sense of identity as a punk rocker. And, um, so, but here I am like out in, in construction sites in the back, like I'm doing PVC pipe installation, Mm -hmm. you know, electrical system debugging. A lot of this I was very clueless about, but 
I, you know, I had fun with it, you know, where I would be trying to kind of debug a pump not working and I would have this like device that I'm not electrical person. I was, you know, so, but I had this device, an amp meter, I think with like two prongs and I would just like stick it into things and just see like and it would be very like uh uh um, like this is beeping great yeah and I just had no idea what I was doing especially on the electrical front but on the PVC piping and on the chemical side I was fine so uh you know and then I started quoting systems and whatnot so things were chugging along I was doing my thing there and and it was fine, but you know the company was kind of old school. So if I got in at like eight oh five, you know the head of sales would be like, you know, good afternoon. You know he would make some snide <laughs> remark. Yes, at eight oh five. Meanwhile, I often had to work late because you know oh we have to get this quote done, and I would have the there was these two co-founders. There were two brothers, and one of them who you know was also like a big part of the sales process would stand behind me and bark at me, like Oof. swear at me, wow. like go faster, go faster. Oh and my I'm, God. Yes, yes, yes. It was not nice. Wow. So I had to, you know, size the system, so do all the kind of chemistry based on the, you know, how much waste they expected to have. Um, and how long then did you last there? It was about a year and a half. <sighs> I'm glutton sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then and then also do AutoCAD drawings to go with it. So, you know, it was quite a bit of work to put the package together. Um, and so, yeah, they were very uh, – there was a lot of, like, the both sides of bad management, right? Like, no flexibility around when you show up or yeah. around how I dressed, even though I was just in a cube and no customer mm-hmm. ever saw me. Mm-hmm. You know, one day I would often bike to work and one day I forgot my shoes to change. And so I had sneakers. And I literally sat in a cube all day long just quoting these systems. And my boss was like, you can't wear sneakers. You no. have to go home and change. No. Yeah. I know. Mm-mm. And you said, yeah. I'm going to go home and never come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. I mean, that day, so because I had ridden my bike and it's quite a ways, I was like, well, I mean, if I have to ride my bike, it's going to take forever. So he let me borrow his car. So I kind of <laughs> went wow. for a ride. Are you serious? <laughs> for a ride. I've been like, see you later. <laughs> never. Now I have Ferris Bueller in my head. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, let's just say it took my sweet time. Yes. And I you hit got a my went to the grocery yeah. shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Take this baby for a spin. <laughs> Very much so. And then, yeah, so that was definitely, yeah. I mean, that day I did not come back because, you know, uh, but very soon thereafter. So at that point, I just, like, quit. Like, I did not have a job lined up. I did not have a plan. I was uh, basically sleeping on a friend's sofa at that point, um, and the boyfriend was on tour, uh, and and I just started looking. And I had been hearing a lot about technology companies and how great they were and how great they treated their employees. Even then, you know, the, it, you didn't have to be in at a certain time. Uh, you were treated like an adult, expected to get your work done in a way that however worked for you. And so I wanted in. And I ended up, you know, applying for a job at a small startup in Soma as a quality engineer and uh, got the job. And it's funny because that's where the the – the corollary comes is quality engineering can often feel like waste treatment in a lot of <laughs> really? ways. Depending on... I guess you're doing... You're cleaning things up a bit. <laughs> like, depends on what you get handed, yeah. you know, from from the the development organization, from that. the engineering okay, team. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it felt very natural doing if, quality engineering. Yes. Again, it's... Yes. Making yes. things better. 
making things better. You're kind of at the end of the line and often squeezed and you just kind of have to deal with it. That's true. (laughs) Requires being very philosophical. (laughs) And it's quieter. It is quieter. I don't know if it's it's probably, hopefully in good places, it's quieter. (laughs) Not as much yelling. (laughs) Yeah. So that was how I ended up there. Um, This this part of my story is just dragging on. I apologize. No, it's great. Keep going. Okay. So, and then in tech, like very quickly in the early parts of my, like that first decade, I basically just went from place to place. It was about a year and a half was sort of my tolerance level. Um, And just learned a lot. I was a quality engineer pretty much all the time, did some performance engineering along the way. Uh, You know, and and literally just a year and a half, I would crash and burn at some point because I was pretty intense. You know, I did a stint at Amazon. It was a very intense place. And, you know, that coupled with my intensity definitely resulted in burnout. Um, But the cool thing was, you know, when I was there at the mothership in Seattle and I was like, I'm done. Uh, the company was really cool about, hey, we have this subsidiary in San Francisco because I wanted to get back to SF, mm-hmm. uh, and they're looking for some for a quality engineering lead, oh, okay. and yeah, and and I interviewed and got the job, and they moved me, which was really, really? cool. What year was that? So nice. Two thousand and one. Yeah, that was. Yes. We could have worked at Amazon together if I wow. had taken that job in Seattle. Oh yeah, that's right. That was in two thousand. Wow. Yeah, me. we would have. Yeah, we would have that's overlapped. So funny. Oh, cool. In a different lifetime. Oh my yeah. god. See, it all it yeah. all comes together somehow. It does doesn't it? <laughs> it does. That's crazy. So you ended up in SF, and then yeah, yeah. Well, I had been here, yes. and I had left. Yeah, um, and. But I ended up back because yes. I really miss San Francisco. So uh, I definitely wanted to come back. I ended up back here working for that subsidiary. And then what had happened was at some point, basically Amazon was like, okay, they had been sending out a bunch of money to – it was Alexa Internet, mm. which is do, it does really cool things. It mm. sort of came out of the Internet Archive mm. and, and it's all the um, – they have like the Wayback Machine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, it's great. Really cool. Oh, like, Alexa early, does all the rankings? All the rankings. Oh, yeah. Yes. Lived and died by that back in the day exactly. when I actually cared. Back in the day. <laughs> um, so that was – it was fun. But basically they had been sort of sending a lot of money down to Alexa and at some point we're like, no, no, no. We're like squeezing the faucet tight. So uh, Alexa Internet was doing a bunch of layoffs. And at, and at that time I was going to be the only person in my department mm-hmm. retained. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, listen – I, I don't want to stick around for this. And I sort of – there was a, an individual who was going to get laid off who was sort of earlier in his career. And I thought, like, you know, just keep him and I'll go find You're something, like, I'll do something else. else. It's I'll cool. go, yeah. <laughs> and so the funniest thing is so they kept him. His name is Ramel. And he's been at Alexa since. Wow. Oh, wow. And it's been – unless he's – because it was about a year ago when I, when I chatted with him. Um, and that was a good – like 16 years. Oh my God. And he was basically running. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. I want to quality you're like, intern. You're welcome for yeah. your career. <laughs> that is so crazy. His shares. Oh my I God. I can't even imagine. No, I know. I oh sold my God. Them back then. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Lessons learned. I know. Lessons well, same. Learned. I never even worked for the company. I was like, I had an opportunity and I was like, I'm not ready to live, leave to yeah, the West Coast. I know. I know. Oh, regret. Uh, oh, it's fine. Everything happens. Lessons learned. Lessons right? learned. Lessons learned. Yeah. But no, I lo- and I love that story. It was basically running everything. And I went off to like, you know, after that, I spent four and a half years at this place called Digital Think. And that's where I started getting into management. Mm. The first time I ever started doing, um, 
Well, I had a little stint as, ma- as a manager at that first startup, but, you know, it was very brief. Uh, really where I started really getting into, like, leadership and management was at Digital Think. I was there for about four and a half years. And then a lot of people from Digital Think came over to Salesforce mm-hmm. in the early days. Mm-hmm. And so, including the recruiter, and she just kept, like, pinging me, like, Cheryl, you need to come okay. talk to us. <laughs> but back then it was like, Salesforce? <laughs> You know, like, what's, like, what's that? that? Yeah. <laughs> Why would I want to go Why there? Why would I want to go there? So, um, but a lot of great people were going and eventually, you know, I I said, okay, let's talk. And the other thing that happened was I started playing around with the product and I had no idea, like, all the coolness that was there, especially on the platform side. So I got really hooked just through the interview process. Mm. And so what drew me to Salesforce in the early days, besides knowing that, you know, even at the time, sort of Mark Benioff as the CEO wanted to create something, you know, big and, and and amazing, I could tell. And I wanted to be a part of that. Like, I wanted to be a part of creating something big and amazing. But aside from that, I was very drawn to the platform. And, and what even at that time was so early days for what, you know, the Salesforce platform was. But, you know, it was custom fields and custom objects and page layouts and these sorts of things. But what I really saw was that it was – you know, quote unquote, democratizing innovation. Mm. And even though that's, you know, it's it's a lot of big fancy words there, uh, but I believed it. Like, mm-hmm. and, I, and, it, and, it, and it's real. And when you see the people in our community, what we call now like the trailblazers, like, mm-hmm. it's amazing, uh, you know, the power of the platform to kind of bring these people into technology that never saw themselves as technologists. And it's because it's so approachable. You know, there's like this easy on-ramp as an admin, and then you get kind of hooked, and then you want to become a developer, or, you know, and you just see this amazing things people that happens to people's yeah. careers. And and actually, while we're talking about this, for people who don't know what a CRM is, yeah. which, by the way, amazing that that's like the stock name is CRM, so fancy. It's so fancy. <laughs> um, can you just talk really briefly about what that is? Yeah, well, from a salesforce.com standpoint, it's, you know, customer relationship management. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the be- and at the beginning, really what Salesforce was, was a Salesforce um, automation platform. Mm-hmm. And that was the birth of the company. But now, uh, you know, where how the, the company and the technology has, has evolved is it's a way to, it's a way for other companies to connect to their customers in, in real meaningful ways. And you, you know, Traditionally, uh, companies are structured to think about, um, I would say it's a more inward focus around the relationship with a customer, like I'm going to sell to you, or I'm going to support you, mm-hmm. or I'm going to market to you. Mm-hmm. And it's all these different functions, usually different software that they're using to engage. And there's not a lot of consistency around the engagement or the messaging. And the real, the reality of it, and a lot of companies have sort of woken up to this over the past decade as we talk more about CRM, is you're always marketing, selling, and supporting your customer. Mm-hmm. It's a relationship. And so you can't think of it in these sort of transactions. Mm-hmm. You have to think of it way more holistically, right? right? Um, because if you don't support that customer well, you know, they're not going to be – they're not going to be um, open to your marketing or mm-hmm. want to yeah. buy anything from you. Yeah, yeah it'll be buy one transaction. Yes. That's the Peace. worst. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think someone told me recently it's 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 much easier to basically get a sale from an existing customer than a absolutely than a new one. Mm-hmm. It's more cost effective, so yeah, it's absolutely. good. And what's fascinating is that this tool that was originally built for sales on the for profit side was 
is also being used on the .org side, the nonprofit side. So I'd love to hear more about that too and your transition from .com Absolutely. to .org. Yeah. yeah, great. So I spent about eight and a half years at Salesforce.com. Um, so I, it was a That's good a long time. Yes, a long time. Yeah, you're probably like, what happened to my year and a half stint yeah. at places? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, there was a lot of what what made uh, Salesforce just right for me. I feel, I mean, it was the right point in my career where I felt like, you know, I was sort of changing and growing up, and you know, um, less rough than I was in the early days. But I also felt like from from the beginning, I could sort of be authentically me at Salesforce and be successful, which made me really happy happy. Mm-hmm. I could grow as a leader, as a woman in technology, and not have to adjust to uh, any kinds of expectations mm-hmm. of what that would look and feel like. Um, now, clearly, I've had to, you know, I've had to, especially as you get into the executive, you know, ranks, quote unquote, you have to be a lot more savvy and a lot more, you know, uh, around how you carry yourself and all of that. Um, but at the same time, I can, I can still be me, which right. is, you know, I am bubbly and caring and and emotional. Do you and use exclamation points and smiley faces ever in emails? I absolutely do. Good, oh, so do I. Awesome. Yeah. And no shame. Nice. Right? right? No shame. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Love it with an exclamation. Exactly. (laughs) And a little heart emoji. Go on. (laughs) But the fact that, you know, I could sort of be me and be successful was why I've had such a Yeah, I mean, that's the dream for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, and then for me as as an early employee and then throughout my tenure, it was about really connecting to want to make an impact and make a difference. And, you know, and for for me in those early days, it was in the lives of the engineers and the people that I led um, and that I worked with. And so I was very focused on cultural, uh, you know, programs and things we did, like how do we scale our culture as we grow? So that was a lot of where I derived a tremendous amount of satisfaction in addition to helping deliver the platform, which mm-hmm. was always my passion. So I got to this point and I, I like talking about this because it was a really interesting time for me where I had taken on a different role and I was kind of struggling at it. It wasn't as connected to the delivery of the product. I was focusing on the our agile processes and on innovation and on onboarding of our technologists and whatnot uh, and a bunch of other stuff. But it wasn't as connected to the product and it was challenging. I was really trying to influence a lot without authority or without having a team reporting to me. And so I knew I needed to change. And so I had asked my, you know, I had talked to my boss at the time about, hey, I want to do something new. And and this is the decision I made for myself was at the time, it was during the lean in, uh, you know, the book had just come out, there was a lot of talk about leaning in. And so I was thinking about leaning it like that message, I was thinking about how, when I looked at the sort of gender makeup of the organization, I saw a lot of women, myself included, gravitating towards roles like quality engineering, towards, you know, documentation, towards um, roles that are you know, and I kind of felt this in my role as a leader. They're almost more support roles, mm-hmm. right? And I had decided at that point, like, I want to be at the tip of the arrow. I want to be, like, the one responsible, right? Head of engineering, head of product, something like that, and no longer in a kind of support role. So I had made the decision for myself that in my next step in my career, that's what I wanted, number one. Uh, number two, I, but at that point, was already using all my volunteer hours, so for people who don't know at Salesforce, we now get about 56 hours a year of volunteer time off that you can use mm-hmm. during 
the workday to volunteer in your community. So, you know, the company really believes in giving back. And it's that the is the one, one, one. It's yes. What, what is known as the one, one, one model. Yes. And that's the one percent time. Yes. Yes. So there's, yes. So um, at that time, I was already full in. You know, I was like on a board. I was volunteering a ton. And I knew wherever I went, like if I had to leave Salesforce, I had to go somewhere that had this ethos. And Mm -hmm. this was a part. Like I couldn't hide the fact that I volunteer um, from my colleagues. Right. So if I need to leave to go to a 4 p.m. board meeting, I didn't want to have to hide that. I want to be be able to be proud of it. Yeah. And that's how it is at Salesforce. Like you're proud of the impact you're making in the community. So those were the two things I was looking for. And literally, right, like I set this sort of out into the world. Into right? the universe. Into the universe. <laughs> and this job shows up. Amazing. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. So this particular job, and I knew the individual had it before me. And so we would meet each other and see each other at, at some of the company meetings. And like immediately, you know, it ended up sort of getting sent my way um, so I could help get internal eyes on the, the job opening because uh, uh, they wanted a, a good sort of cross-section of people from outside and inside Salesforce applying for the job. Uh, and as soon as I saw it, I was just like, OMG, right? You I went like, I'm like, not going to forward this to anybody else. No, yeah, no. <laughs> I am internal. That's all you yeah. need. <laughs> it's so funny. I actually did. But, you know, but at the same time, I gave myself a little leg up. Like I, I gussied up my LinkedIn profile, you know, made sure all my volunteerism was on there and sent through my hat in the ring and then sent it around. So I just wanted a little bit of a, like a little <laughs> a bit, little of, a bit head, of a head or a head start there. Yes, a little head start. But what was interesting at the time was when I read the job description, I, it was like just literally 50%. I had 50% of what they were looking for. And that was another, that's why I think it's so important to be having these conversations sort yes. of in happening in the world is because it was the lean in book time and, you know, and and Cheryl Sandberg was saying, you know, when women see a job description and they only yeah. meet 50%, they think I'm not qualified, right. you know. And and because I was hearing that, I thought, oh, maybe it's the 50% they care about. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for it. I love that because it it's not that you – like, you could have sat here and said, and it was exactly me. Yeah. But you didn't say that. You said it was half me. Yes. And you are me. obviously still – you got According it, to so. the job description. To the, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it was really important. And that's why, for example, why I think it's important for me to be talking about – my journey and, and the yeah. things I'm passionate about, because if we're not hearing these messages, we might, you know, it's like it's permission almost mm-hmm. to kind of to, you know, to really push ourselves. Yeah, so. I think you're I think you're absolutely right. It's so important to have role models because that's, you know, how are people supposed to feel like they're empowered to do these things if there's no one there that they can actually look up to. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you both, too, for all that you do. Uh, I absolutely adore both of you. Oh, thank you. And I love listening to your podcast. Oh, that's (laughs) so nice. Well, now we know the answer to the question of what's your favorite podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it better be this one. We always say other than this one. That's awesome. So real quick, and I'll be quick. So. What I love about Salesforce.org and, you know, we we have sort of a three-pronged approach to our sort of social impact, and it's through technology, community, and resources. So absolutely, you know, on the technology front, we have about 30,000 nonprofits and educational institutions using the platform to do more good in the world. So, you know, our goal is to really get the world's best technology in the hands of these amazing organizations so they can, you know, achieve their missions. And that's 
very much where me and my organization are focused. So what we do uh, is build technology for nonprofits in higher ed on top of the platform that I used to help build. Mm -hmm. So that, I love that. Uh, because, uh, yeah, in so many different ways, I love that. Uh, so, you know, we 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 deliver, um, we have a number of free and open source products. Uh, so our goal is to be able to make this technology accessible and affordable to nonprofits of all sizes, but we also do sell. You know, we also do sell to institutions. So when, for for organizations that have bigger needs, they're going to have to buy from a vendor, right? Uh, because they have 15,000 employees. Yeah. And, you know, maybe a half a billion dollars in revenue. Like, they don't want your free stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. No. It's like a free puppy. Exactly. Exactly. I love that analogy. Um, and so being able to do that, we can reinvest that back into building more great technology uh, for our customers. And mm -hmm. hiring great people. And hiring great people. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. And I do think, and just as a, like, total side note, so... You know, I'm so fortunate to know so many people that work in the yes. .org um, space, and they're really some of the best humans I've ever met. So, and you are—I don't mean to make it gross and be too flattering, but <laughs> like it is true. The Salesforce.org people are really, really good humans. Absolutely, and it's what I find so interesting too. Other than yes, I've had the joy and the pleasure of meeting so many amazing human beings who are just so, they just yeah. have interesting backgrounds and perspectives. Like even the developers, the engineers, the folks that are writing code all day are so um, interesting. Yeah. And they, you know, and they're not just heads down writing code. Like they think about things like social justice and they, you know, and they, and they, you know, I I'll, I got a, a book recommendation from one of the developers on the team that when we were having a dinner a couple weeks ago, we had a group out here in San Francisco. Uh, my uh, team is very diverse and remote, so like they live all over the place, uh, and so we bring folks together when we're working on hairy technical challenges and whatnot. And um, and I've been going through this journey around mindfulness um, and trying to you know really do it for real, like not just an app where I do a guided meditation. So he recommended a book called The Mind Awakened. Ooh. And it's like the 10 stages to awakening. I'm super excited about it. Oh, and I'm on stage cool. one. Oh, <laughs> what's stage one? Stage one is just having a daily practice. Oh, that's okay. Great. And I'm still failing at stage yeah, one. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. failing at stage well, one. That was start somewhere, though. You do have to start That was my New Year's resolution. I was like, I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes every day. Yes. It's March. I stopped. It's oh, terrible. You did. I know. I've been trying to, but I don't do it every day yet, but I do it maybe a couple times a week. Oh, that's good. Yeah. No, I'm definitely of the philosophy of like, well, I didn't do it. I guess I just shouldn't do it anymore. It's terrible. <laughs> Bad bad, bad. So I think that's great. And it sounds like I should read just that get, book. Yeah. Check it out. Just yeah. get back on the wagon. Yeah, it's okay. Because part of it is is being very sort of generous and yeah. forgiving of yourself. Yeah. Well, thank it's you. Okay. So, okay. Yes. okay. All right. Don't and be myself setting the up. right intention. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make this a therapy session about me. Yes. No. Not a problem. I'm happy to go there. Like that. Oh, no. Not just about you, but Thank you. <laughs> um, I didn't realize that most of your team is distributed. Mm -hmm. um, I, so this is, this is a question that we didn't have that was on the list, but I'm curious to know how is it managing a distributed team, especially, you know, given I know that the emphasis is particularly with Salesforce on, you know, inclusion. I know it's harder sometimes when it's remote. Yeah, you know, I, I would say because we've sort of started off that way and we are at a critical mass sort of not in the office, that it's just the way we work. Mm. And it, so it's like, you know, being a fish in water that doesn't know they're in water. Like we know no other way as an organization. <laughs> There's 10 or 15 of my 
95 or so people here in the office. Wow, really? But they're from all different teams. So there's no critical mass, right? So you have no water cooler conversations. Yeah. Like you can't. Mm. So one of the engineers on our team who is also amazing, um, I don't know if you know Laura Meerkatz. No, no, but amazing last name. <laughs> yes, amazing last name is right. <laughs> she started a virtual water cooler ah, for her entire interesting. team. So like using... Uh, technology. Yes. And I'm not exactly sure what technology they're using. Mm. That's okay. okay. Um, because I'm not invited. As long as they're oh, talking you're not about invited. No, no, of course it's the not. water cooler. The water How are cooler. they going to talk about their mean boss? Exactly. <laughs> 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 <Bosses> <laughs> can get water too. You don't want to invite your SVP to the water cooler <laughs> to have a conversation. It's not very inclusive. Look, as long as we're talking about the voice, I'm all for the water cooler. Chat. Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I like that idea, though. Virtual water cooler. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. But there's, you know, there's a lot that comes into play other than technology. We do a lot of offsites. So mm. I, you know, we bring like chunks of the team together uh, regularly, uh, you know. So, for example, recognizing we've been growing a lot. So the team's quite mm. big now. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And it's definitely not how big it was when I joined. Yeah. Um, so we're really careful to make sure that we bring teams together to kind of, you know, get to know each other, storm and form and, you know, and, and, and do all that so that when they're working virtually, it's, it's a lot easier. Mm, um, great. But yeah, so we don't know any other way. And, and, and I think there's a lot that I really love about it because in addition to, you know, because we have a lot of people work from home, you know, we're a lot, we're very friendly to working parents. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of working parents and working moms um, and non-working parents. You know, we have all, you know, a you know, a really great cross-section of people, but also we don't just have people that live in like the San Francisco bubble or the Boston or New York bubble or whatever, right? We have folks that live in like Small towns in Texas. Montana. And yes, all over the Midwest. Yeah. Oh, that's and great. Yeah. yeah, I really, I really, really appreciate it. And mm. I think, and a lot of what drives people to do this kind of mission-oriented work comes from different places as well. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's from a place of, you know, uh, a history as, in activism and in, so, in social justice. Sometimes it's people who are really connected to their faith. Yes, right. yeah, and, and I love that because we're bringing together people with so from so many different backgrounds, mm -hmm. and but that have the tools and the language to have conversations that you can't often have in a commercial company yeah. around equity and around you know making space for our differences while we try to be great human beings. Mm -hmm. Do you right? have conscious conversations around those topics around inclusion and equity within your team? Absolutely. We need to have more yeah. and we're working on that. But I am calling it on my level yeah. as a leader that I am focused on that, That's you know, great. because my goal as a leader is to be a great leader for all the people on my team. And then my, you know, I had a, a recent all hands where I told everyone sort of my own personal values, what my goals are personally and professionally for the year, what makes me tick and why this work mm -hmm. matters. And I want everyone to be able to like be the best version of themselves yes. in this work. And some of that means having really hard conversations. And that's one thing that's kind of hard for the team right now. So that's an area we're very focused. Well, I am very focused, uh, is how to help the team have those more difficult conversations when you're not seeing eye to eye or when you need to give someone difficult feedback, mm -hmm. when you really are kind and care about each other. Yeah. 
So that's where I get the recommendation of reading Radical Candor, which yes. is what I've been doing, which has been very, very helpful. Mm. You are reading the best things. Yeah. yeah. I have like five books going right now. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a I lot love of books. It. I cannot believe how much time has gone already. And I feel like there were like questions that we had. Well, actually, on our I, list. I took a glance while we were chatting. Please. We covered a lot of our, our pre approved questions. Good. But one that we did not cover was your cupcake blog. <laughs> Ooh, so I know Rachel yeah. knows more about this than I do, but apparently do. you blogged about cupcakes for eight years. Yes. What's yeah. up with that? It was my jam. <laughs> tell us more. It was my jam. And what was your favorite cupcake? It was recipe? so. I will tell you about that. <laughs> I don't mind going a little over. I don't even know what meeting yeah, I have me next. Too. I don't know about Felicia where you have to be, so, but I'm, I'm I'm good yeah, as long as you're, you all you ladies are good. I'm yeah, good. I can run a little over because okay. I'd love to tell a story. You know, yes. it was, yeah. it we'll was do the cupcake story and then we'll wrap up with one of our fun questions. That's awesome. perfect. Yeah. That sounds like a great plan. Okay, so cupcakes. It was around 2000 when I started getting into cupcakes, and I think like I will admit. It was maybe connected to Sex in the City. I don't know. I know. This is really... <laughs> like, who even... Embarrassing. And I'm like, which character yeah. do you most identify with? <laughs> <laughs> please don't say please, Carrie. Please I know don't you. ask. No. <laughs> please don't we'll just, ask. We'll leave it up to our imagination. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Everybody wants to be Miranda, really. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Um, there's probably a little bit of all of them in that's me. That's true. Sure. That's, that's what I That's a like wonderful, wonderful, yeah, wonderful politic answer. So I... To to kind of go back, I was always really into baking. So I started baking about when I was 13. And mostly it was because I like to make cakes and decorate them and then eat them. I mean, that's a great reason. Yes, it is a really great reason. <laughs> Solid. Uh, <laughs> so even, for example, when I was in Colorado for that stint, during and when I was in Colorado, I went through a plated dessert phase. So I was like passionate about plated desserts. However... You do not want to try to create like restaurant quality plated desserts as an amateur when you're a mile high because <laughs> no, almost everything is that. a failure. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's challenging. Yes. Very challenging. Very challenging. Um, so when I moved out here, it was a lot easier to kind of experiment. And I would I would take uh, – I took classes at the California um, – it was like a culinary institute here in, Cal in San Francisco. I did a, a whole pastry week at the CIA Greystone up in uh, – up in fancy. Snappa. Yeah. Ooh. Just on baking. Um, and so I was really passionate about baking. And then when the cupcake thing really started in 2000, I just sort of grabbed onto that. So I started making cupcakes a lot just for fun and then giving them away. And then at the time I was working, it was when I was at Digital Think and blogging was just becoming a thing. And my friend worked there and she said, Cheryl, you should really start a, like a, a food blog. She was reading a lot of blogs and, um, and I didn't know anything about them. So I started kind of reading blogs and reading food blogs. And that's when I started the Cupcake blog. Because what year? It was like 2004 or something. Yeah. By the time I started. Yeah. yeah it was about blogging. 2004. Yeah. Yeah. Early it was, days. It was early days. It was fun. And I got really into it. So I met a lot of other uh, food bloggers. Mm. I went to like the Blog Her conference yeah. a few times. Yes. Man, if Instagram Very. were around in 2004. Oh. <laughs> I know. I totally would have been oh. gramming those Cupcakes. They would have Duncan Holy Hines would have been throwing money at you. Oh huh? yeah. Well, <laughs> even then, so it was interesting. So my my whole thing with the cupcake blog was I did sort of very unique uh, my own recipes that I developed. Oh. 
and I did nothing else. And oh, so this is not like you were eating cupcakes from no stores. Oh, no, not you were making, making them, yeah. eating them, and blocking yes. about. Yes. And, and I would not okay. do any product stuff. Like I would get product people emailing me all the time about, <laughs> would you review this? And I'll send you this. And I'm like, no, no, this is a purist. I was effort. totally a purist. <laughs> Keep your money away from me. <laughs> and I was very judgy of my, of the other cupcake bloggers uh, who were hawking stuff all the time. No, to each his own. I ran ads and I, you know, at the time I, I made a good chunk of money in ads like every month, but every, it was basically, I did a post every two weeks. So I would spend the first week in the cycle being inspired. So I happen to be working right outside the ferry building, which, you know, mm-hmm. for those of you who have been in San Francisco or, or live here know it's like a food emporium. Often I would just like walk through the ferry building and find maybe a unique um, ingredient, something to kind of spark mm-hmm. uh, that that mm-hmm. post-creativity. Um, and then the next week I would start to build out the recipe. So I often did – there was often like four to eight different components to my cupcakes. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and yes, it was just got kind involved. of insane. And then I would do like the the last weekend, I would do all the blogging, I would do all the photography, you know, do the posts. I bring the cupcakes into the office. People loved me <laughs> because I brought these cupcakes in Fair. every two weeks. Yes. So my favorite cupcake, and then we'll yeah, I'll I'll get I'll get this out. And do finish it. this up. Do it. <laughs> so I would often also get inspired by things I would have at nearby restaurants. So it was a nearby Japanese restaurant uh, to the office. And I had this dessert, which was like um, chocolate ice cream with uh, like some matcha, like green tea, something or other. Mochi was involved as well as red bean paste. So I created this cupcake that was a chocolate cupcake with a red bean paste filling and a matcha green tea frosting Mm. and then like a little decorative mochi disc on top. Wow. And it was like gorgeous. That sounds amazing. It was tasty AF. (laughs) And see, I'm cool. Tasty AF. (laughs) I know. Uh, I know the lingo. I know the kids. I can hang with the cool kids. (laughs) So in addition to it just being beautiful, like the cupcake – was, you know, this beautiful brown, and then there was this pink core, like perfect little round core, and then this beautiful green. I I, uh, I often would do these, like, s- cross-section slices. Yes. And all my photography, like, I had this rig, like a serious rig that I bought to do, you know. Cupcake photos. Cupcake porn, essentially. <laughs> and, but that shot, so it was both that it was super tasty and but the the photography, like the shots of it, were just beautiful. Like the color combination, and wow. anyway, yeah. Clearly, I was passionate oh about. Oh my cupcakes. god! Like I yeah. want to eat this. I want to. I'm eat like, cupcake. where is this? I want to see this. Have you made it like at all recently? No, no. <sighs> That's so sad. I'm sorry, it's okay. it's okay. Well, I mean, it's okay for us. I don't think we would have gotten it anyway. But I feel like if you haven't made it in a while, one of my go tos right now, like if I just okay. want to make a cupcake yeah. that's delicious, is chocolate cupcake. With a bourbon, car- like salted caramel Oof. bourbon cream cheese frosting. That also Whoa. sounds delightful. Yeah, yeah because Good you stuff. ended the blog in like 2010 or something. 
2012? Yeah, 2012? It was, yeah. yeah, it was when my daughter started to get mobile and yeah. I just found it was too hard it's to kind of much. make the cupcakes and watch like her. Cupcake porn or raising my yeah. daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Which is more important. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll go with the daughter. No, when fair. she was a baby and sleeping, it wasn't really a problem. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I totally get that. Um, well, so yeah. normally we ask our guests what they geek out about, but I think we just yes. covered that. We nailed it. So, um, and we, are, we also talked about books and stuff. So maybe we'll just wrap up with what your personal anthem, like your song uh, is, to to wrap up this whole, oh, all right. this whole gosh. thing. Oh, gosh. That is a tricky one. Well, you pulled out the tricky I one. I know. It is the hard one, right? I think it's hard, too. Well, I was, I was going to say practice self-care, but I guess she kind of oh, yeah. covered a little bit with meditation. But yeah, I do. I do a lot on the self-care side. Yeah. Do you want to share a little bit more about that? Would that be that's better. Is that, is that a better way better fit. to, yeah. to wrap it up? To bring it all together? Sure, sure. I mean, I don't mind talking music, too. All right. Because music's a big part of my life. Yeah. I Maybe mean, that's part of self-care. Yeah. It is. It right? is. All right. It is. There you go. It is. Tying it all together. You know, absolutely tie it all together. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Um, on the on the self-care music cross-section, <laughs> I'll talk about working out. Yeah. Because okay. for me, it's not only about being healthy. And I find when I'm eating healthy and I'm working out, I get sick less. I'm able mm -hmm. to kind of perform at the level that I need to in my job and in my volunteer work. And as a parent, I'm a, you know, a very busy person. I can't, you know, I can't get sick. I can't get sick. I can't get a cold uh, or whatever. So I find the healthier I am, the more I'm just like focused on as many fruits and vegetables, getting all my workouts in all as well. So I love to run. I had a nice rainy morning run this morning. Oh, you went outside in the rain? I love running outside I was going to, and I was like, no, F this. I'm going to do inside yoga. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, no. like, you – I know where you live. You do not live on a flat part of San Francisco. But if you run down the hill, it gets flat. Oh, that's But then good. you have to go back up a hill. Yes. But you were – that's your cool down is it's like – cool down. Walking yeah. up that – yeah. enormous hill and sometimes i'll do hill repeats Oof, yeah so those are <laughs> i fun. see a lot of people doing that it's, yes. the, it's the best workout it is the hardest but it is the yeah. best yes so and i have to listen to music yeah, not okay. always sometimes podcast today i wanted to think about i have a speaking engagement later today so mm -hmm. i i like to use my runs to kind of think through you know what i'm going to say and kind of fine tune i find i do some of my best thinking on my runs mm. uh, so if i have something coming up i will set the intention at the beginning to 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 think through what i'm going to oh, say and i and it's quite productive sometimes i just want to like zone out so one of the albums that i got stuck on and have had a really hard time getting off mm. is Lemonade, Beyonce. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. There's just, yes, yes. There's <sighs> a lot. So she is so There's great. There's a lot of anthems in that one. A lot of the anthems. The whole album's an anthem. The there whole album is an anthem. Mm -hmm. I love uh, the, the, yeah, there's just a lot of great sort of female empowerment yes. there. Um, embracing of motherhood, yes. I think. You know, for me as someone, I was really never saw myself you know, I wasn't like a, oh, I'm, I want to be a mother kind of person. But now having been one, it's, you know, there's having gone through that, like you're, you tap in these wells of strength that you didn't even know existed. Mm. And so it's very empowering. And I love like when she did, I forget what performance it was, but when she was pregnant, it was just like, yes. Yeah, she's out there. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Oh, good. All good right. one. Mm. Wow. That, we, we that's did a it. great way to bring it home. Yeah. Yeah. Cheryl, is there anything that you would like to plug or share for people to find you? They find you on the Twitters. 
I am on the Twitters. Mm-hmm. I am working on what more of my sort of external presence might look like in the future. Okay. Um, but you can start there. And of course, LinkedIn, I'm mm-hmm. doing, you know, some posting there as well. Fabulous. Um, and so, yeah, happy to... Yeah, we'll, we'll link to your your things. Awesome, our, thank you. And just, I would love to just say because I really, truly love listening to the podcast oh. and love the work you're doing. You're so and sweet. I've been sending episodes to some of my colleagues. That's oh, so nice of you. So that's where we got the little bump of two more listeners from <laughs> from ten to twelve. No, you're having substantive substantive conversations yeah. that are important to be having. And so, and there's a lot of times where I kind of have takeaways from the episode where I'm like, oh, I need to, I want to follow up with this person and bring in some of this to the organization. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're even at a leadership team level having conversations around going from the discussion around equality to equity and inclusion, which is huge to be doing that at a tech company. Oh, you shared Chris Hay. Yes. You shared Chris Hay. I did. I did. We love Chris Hay. Yes. So keep on keeping on. Thank you so much for all that you're oh, doing. Cheryl, oh, Cheryl, thank you. Thank you so much for all the support that you've given us as well. Yay. So really appreciate it. Bye. 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 Thanks to all our listeners for spending some time geeking out with us. If you enjoyed listening, please rate and review us on iTunes. Every review helps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next interview. And tell all your friends. New episodes drop every Tuesday. (laughs) Check us out at She Geeks Out on all the things. And in case you're wondering what those things are, they are Twitter, Insta, FB, otherwise known as Facebook, LinkedIn, and our website, of course. Bye, Rachel. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.